welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. Happy Sunday. Welcome again to our online community, our Kingdom Culture local community that's online with us this morning. And if you're new with us, let us know where you're watching from. I want to welcome you. Comment in the chat, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Or if you're watching on Facebook, just engage in the chat. Let us know how we can pray for you, be a support to you, share the link. It really helps us spread the greatest news that was ever given us. The news of how Jesus Christ is legit and has changed the game for our lives. So I want to welcome you. And, and just thank you to the worship team for bringing in an awesome moment of worship. I know that, you know, in these online experiences, we're not doing like, you know, 25 minute, 30 minute worship experiences. I know I think you're, there's so much amazing resource online for you to have that. But for these online experiences, we try to keep it concise. And I hope that in these moments you can engage, even if it's short. There will be a time when we come back and it will be different, but I'm, I want to encourage you to worship where you're at as a family, as a couple, or as a single watching these each week. Stand up, sit down, lay down, whatever, however it works for you. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance yet, and I hope you did, but last week, uh, last or two weeks ago, technically, I guess, uh, we released uh, a new podcast with Dr. Caroline Leaf an incredible woman. We've actually had her uh, many times over the years. We first had her during our School of Daniel, I think it was back in 2014. And she was there and it was like literally like a science lesson. I mean, it was crazy. It was an amazing, amazing uh, seminar with her and school that we had with her. And we've had her a few times since, but we had her for our Supernatural Leadership podcast. And it was a powerful conversation. It was kind of centered around her new book. I want to encourage you. And it was all about, I want to encourage you to watch or listen to it. Um, But it was all about eliminating the roots of depression, anxiety, and intrusive thoughts. Like I said, based around her book, I want to encourage you, listen to it. And then last week, or actually this week, sorry, getting the, the dates mixed up. This week, we released another podcast on our Supernatural Leadership podcast that I would encourage you to listen to called The Four faces of leadership. I want to encourage you, check that out. I know it will be of great encouragement to you. And then last Sunday, I'm doing a little bit of recap here. Last Sunday, we had an amazing, amazing online experience with a friend of mine, Will Ford from Dallas, Texas, who shared his mind-blowing story, his testimony, his transformation. I don't know if you heard it, and if you did, I hope it encouraged you. It just blew my mind. I knew pieces of it, and that's partly why you know we, we connected. I met him in Israel. I knew pieces of his story, just so inspiring, but I didn't know all the details. And watching last week was just so encouraging for me. That for me, that was like a live experience, like for the first time hearing all of these other details. It was so 
powerful. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. I know it will be of great encouragement to you. And now we also had midweek, and I know you're like, why am I going back? But I'm kind of building towards something. Midweek, we also had a webinar based upon a new book called The Telling with Mark Gerson based out of, I believe it was New York actually. And I had met Mark in Israel. He's actually a Jew. He's not a Christian. He's a Jew. And uh, he was one of the predominant people that funds uh, the trips or the trip that I went on. It was like a I think it was like a $400,000 trip bringing 60 uh, international leaders fully paid to Israel for 10 days. Powerful, game-changing trip. And this guy is a, a philanthropist, he's a businessman, and also a scholar of sorts, but he's a Jew. And we had him, and I've, I've never hosted a Jewish person before. And it was different, it was powerful, it was inspiring in so many ways. But like I said, it's different. Every speaker that we bring in, there's a purpose and uh, there's a heart behind it to challenge us, to grow us. And, and especially even midweek listening to the webinar, I know it challenged many and it was different for many. Some liked it, some didn't. Some liked last Sunday, some didn't. Some liked the podcast, some don't. You know, not everything is for everybody, but we can pull something good from everything if we try. I believe if we have a God perspective. And part of the, the, the reason why we do this is so that we as believers can grow our spiritual eye teeth. What do I mean by that? Because there are things that we're going to chew on in life that will be hard to swallow. There's going to be times when we get the bone, we got to spit it out. There's going to be times when we get the fat, the gristle. We don't like it. We got to spit it out. Then there are times after all of that is dealt with where there's some solid meat to, to digest and enjoy. And that's what, as we grow as believers, we learn to, to chew and we learn to take in uh, different things from different streams. And there's a purpose for all of it. There's no one that has it all, okay? Obviously, we believe in the cornerstone, the basics have to be covered. You know, the basics have to be covered. And, you know, part of the motivation for, you know, connecting with Mark Gerson as a Jew is really the, the, the encouragement from Paul around Romans 9 to 11. If you haven't read it, read it. And the relationship and the understanding that we have and our connectedness into our Jewish brothers and sisters. You know, they have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, so to be, but manifested in the person of Jesus. Yes, our beliefs differ, but we're connected and we're grafted in. We're connected. They, you know, we, we are reaping the, the rewards of the rejection of the Jewish people as Gentiles, as Christians, but we're connected and uh, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. Paul says to provoke the Jew to jealousy. Read it. Romans 9 to 11, provoke the Jew to jealousy because they understand the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob, but they don't see Jesus the same way that we do as the Son of God. But anyways, that's not what I want to talk about right now. What I want to talk about is that as we are exposed to different teachers and different um, uh, speakers out there, we grow in different ways. And like I said, we don't have it all, they don't have it all, but we grow in our ability to discern. It says in Hebrews 5 verse 14, it says, solid food belongs to those who are of mature age that by reason of use have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. Now, in context, the Hebrew writer is talking about sound doctrine. If you want to learn how to 
discern between what's sound as doctrine, as truth, it's by reason of use, by using these teeth, by using these amazing spiritual teeth that God has given us and chewing on what we're hearing, chewing on what we're receiving, spitting out the bad, receiving the good. As we do that over and over again, we have a discernment that grows within us. We grow and train our senses to, to know what's right and what's wrong. But here's the reality, even like you know, in the ocean, some of the, the biggest waves that you want to surf on they're going to stir up some stuff. I'd rather have the big wave that stirs up the stuff and ride it in than just always riding in the small wave and never getting into the shore again. You know, so I think there's a, there's a, there's a value of we want the big, we want to grow, but we're afraid of what gets stirred up on the inside if we do. And I want to encourage all of us in this season to get our roots to go down even deeper in the word so that we develop a seasoned, a seasoned ability to discern what's of God and what's not of God. Like I said, I referenced Hebrews 5 verse 17. Now I've had many people and we've had many people over the year as kingdom culture, uh, many people over the years as kingdom culture to come in and speak into the life of the house. Some really good, some really powerful, some for a season and some more problematic, you know, but that's just the nature and that's just the risk and that's just a part of the journey. But if we're growing our maturity, we're growing our roots into the word, we're going to have a discernment. Remember this, the word himself, Jesus Christ, okay? And that manifested in the totality of what we have today as the Logos word, the Bible, is infallible. But people, humans, outside of Jesus, are fallible, okay? And so knowing that, knowing that nobody has every piece of the pie. Now, I want to dive into something. And before I say this, I want to say this one quote, this one important thought. We grow as we grow in our ability to discern. Think about that for a second. Chew on that for a second. We grow up. We grow out. We grow and mature as we grow in our ability to discern. How do we do that? Hebrews 5 verse 14. By reason of use. Okay, now let's dive deeper today into really what I'm talking about. All that had a purpose into segueing me into what I want to read out of Colossians this morning. Paul in AD 60 to 61 during his first imprisonment in Rome, in Rome, penned this letter to the Colossian church. Okay, that I'm going to read in Colossians chapter 2 because he was given a report by a man named Ephras. He was given a report that they were under false teaching and influence. They were being misdirected and misguided. There was uh, an issue with their understanding of Jesus, the deity of Jesus. There was a challenge of the deity of Jesus. Is Jesus really God? Is he really supreme? Is he really preeminent? And, and Paul had to address this stuff. In fact, Paul sent this letter to the city of Colossus at the same time he sent the letter to Philemon and as well Ephesus, okay? So he's hearing all this stuff and he's sending out these letters to encourage the believers to challenge this heresy. It was a Christological heresy that he was up against around the deity of Jesus, which is why you see the language in Paul's letter to the, the, the believers at the, the city of Colossus. You see his language very different than any other one of his letters to any of the other churches 
or people that he wrote to, i.e. Timothy, Titus. You see, you see his language. It was radically different. And he used different language because he was addressing a different type of challenge, okay? So I want to read this out of Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, saying this, um, And now, just as you accepted Christ, Jesus, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Everyone say continue. Continue. Because the moment we have an experience with Jesus is not the last moment you're going to have an experience with Jesus. That moment is to continue into a state of momentum to grow you up and grow you out into who you're called to be. If you don't have a continuation of faith, you have no faith. Faith is not found in just a moment. It's a lifestyle. It's a state of being, okay? It's a state of living. And this is what Paul's encouraging uh, the believers at at uh, the city of Colossus who are under the influence of doubting and questioning the deity of Jesus. Is he really supreme? Is is, Is he God himself? Okay, and he says, and now, just as you accepted Christ, so you've accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue because some people have stopped following him. So he says, you must continue to follow him. Verse seven, let your roots grow down into him. Let your roots grow down, not just go down, grow down into him, who Jesus, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith, listen to this, then your faith will grow strong. Or the, the, you could define this as, or become secure in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness, which looks like fruitfulness. So the premise is continue to follow him because some have stopped. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him so that your faith will become secure, stable, strong, real, consistent in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Why? Because you'll see the fruit. You'll be like, wow, this is the byproduct of continuing, not stopping, continuing to follow him, letting my roots grow down into him so that my faith is, my faith is manifested as strength. So continue to continue is very key. I want to talk today very briefly on this subject of roots and shoots, roots and shoots growing up. I think in a season like this, where it just seems like it's getting more chaotic and more crazy and more people are questioning, not in a healthy way, in an unhealthy way, because they're coming from an unhealthy paradigm. And it's okay to question stuff. But when we're going through grief, when, like I've said a few weeks ago, like grief has a way of blurring vision. We don't see clear. Pain has a way of putting a stop to a healthy perspective to see right. Well, we don't see right, we don't do right. We don't act right, right? So there's this element, what's happening in this pandemic, I think, I mean, of course, addiction, suicide, all these things are happening as a result of forced isolation, heavy restriction, lots of fear, lots of what ifs, is this gonna happen if I do this? Like, how am I gonna get out of this? All this stuff's coming down, compounded on us, and as a result, people's faith is imploding. And a really, really profound, profound way. And in this moment, they've stopped to continue to follow Jesus and they don't even realize or some realize it and they just know and they're just like, peace out because, you know, I just don't want this anymore. It doesn't apply to my life anymore. But since when is Jesus a principle that applies anyways? He's a person, but that's beside the point. But we're talking about roots and shoots and growing up. And I think in this season, we need to grow up. 
And to grow up, we have to grow our roots down even stronger. We want to see these roots get stronger so that these shoots can grow out so that fruit begins to happen in a new way. We desperately need to talk about this. Now, your shoots are the strength of your life manifested, which is like what I'd call the fruits of your life. Whereas the roots are actually the strength itself, okay? Now, for those of you who don't know, but I'm sure we all do at this point, shoots refer to new plant growth, okay? Whether it's a stem, a leaf, or even a flower. And I'm connecting that to also fruit as well. For our shoots to grow, we have to have our roots continuing to grow. To grow up, we have to grow down and out. Young shoots are often eaten by animals because the fibers, listen to this, in the new growth have not yet completed secondary cell wall development, making the young shoots softer and easier to chew and digest. Often, we get taken out prematurely because we haven't given these shoots the opportunity to, 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 to ruminate or, to, or the time that they need to gain strength and they get cut off prematurely. It happens. We, 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 ha- we, we grow in our faith in a new area of our life, a new revelation. And because of the lack of time of the implementation of that truth or revelation, things go good for a while and then things start going bad. All of a sudden, we doubt whether or not that shoot really was something that God wanted. It was, but we stopped focusing on the root that allowed that shoot to grow. And as a result, that shoot gets cut off. And this happens all the time to so many of us without even realizing it because we stop continuing in the journey. Like Paul said, continue to follow. I mean, who do you know in this season that maybe has stopped that continuation? They've stopped following. They've stopped growing. They've stopped growing out. They've stopped producing fruit. They've quit. Maybe it's on in their career. Maybe it's in a relationship, a job, a marriage. Maybe it's, uh, they've quit on, you know, one of their kids believing that there's hope for them. Maybe, you know, it's their dreams, their hopes. Maybe it's even in their relationship with God. And like I said, we have to, if we want to have bare fruit, we have to have healthy shoots that come from healthy roots. So the key to growing shoots is to grow your roots. The key to growing up in our spiritual life. The shoots are, like I said, your roots. The shoots of a tree are only as strong as its roots, which is why I want to major a lot today on the value of growing our roots deep. There are many studies out there about the strength of a root system of a tree or a plant grown in a controlled greenhouse environment versus an outside, more aggressive, full of resistance or adversity type environments. The roots and the plants that grow roots in a controlled greenhouse environment only grow their root system so deep. And there's a weakness in the strength of their root system. So that if you were just to pull the the plant, it would easily be uprooted. Whereas trees or plants that are grown in in a an environment where there's resistance and opposition and adversity and wind, they tend to adapt to the environment and their root systems get really strong. It goes a lot deeper. So they're a lot harder to uproot. That's the kind of plant, that's the kind of tree that we want to be. We don't want to be that tree that's comfortable in this secure little bubble where nothing can touch us because in reality, that's not a way to live. 
And when you get thrown into the real world and have to actually live out your faith and apply your real faith, you're going to get uprooted. But if you learn to grow up in environments that are full of resistance and adversity when it comes to your faith, you will not be easily uprooted. We need resistance to grow strong. And this applies to every area of our life, our families, our relationships, our spiritual community, our careers, our health, our finances, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the word, the the Logos word, the Bible, which is infallible and is true. And the only way you discover how valuable and how truly infallible and how truly powerful the word is, is by stepping into it through literally experiencing in the everyday that life that comes from a life that's dedicated and devoted to meditating on the word day and night. It becomes a part of who you are. You become the manifested word. Jesus says in John 1 verse 14 that he was the word made flesh. It's a prototype and a picture for us that as we get into the actual word itself, we become the representation of it as well. And fruit just happens as a result of that. Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 was, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Verse 17, then Christ, I love this, will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, we see it again, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. What keeps you strong? When your roots go down. When you put roots down, some of you just moved into a new house or are about to move. When you put your roots down, strength happens. If you're always going from place to place, thing to thing, you're never going to have a strong root system. You will always be up and down in your life. You need certain elements of your life, friendships, relationships, even geographical. You need root systems. You need a home base. You need strength. You need support. You can't always be going from thing to thing. If you're always going from job to job, you're never going to grow your strength and your abilities and your giftedness. You need to find a place where you can put your roots back. Now, I'm not saying there's not a reason. Sometimes there's valid reasons why it's from thing to thing. But if it's always from thing to thing, it could be a pattern. If it's a pattern, you're just not developing or not allowing your season to develop the greatest gifts that are on the inside of you. Because those things develop as you are planted, as you are rooted. This was Paul's prayer. My prayer that is that you, you would grow your roots down into God's love and that's going to keep you strong. And this is directly connected to continuing, he says, to trust in him. So how do your roots go down? Trust him. Continue to trust him. Like Paul said in Colossians, continue to follow him. As you trust in him, you continue to build on the revelation of who he is. He says, he says in Colossians, remember the opening scripture, to build your life on him. Well, Jesus is the rock. He's the cornerstone. He's the rock from which we build our spiritual house on. We don't build on the sand that the world offers. The sand that the world offers as we build our house on that, on the values that come from just what the world offers, we're going we're gonna to get taken out. The house will crumble. First tornado that hits, it will crumble. But if we build our spiritual house, our lives, I'm speaking metaphorically here, on the person of who Jesus is, who's called the rock. He is the revelation, okay, which the whole church is built upon. We built upon him and who he is. When the hurricane comes, when the spiritual tornado comes, when the financial crisis hits, 
when the fear hits, when the marriage might get the divorce, all these things come at us and we're freaking out. Guess what? Our house will stay strong because he is our foundation and our rock, no matter what the outcome is. And so back to our opening scripture again. And now, just as you accepted Christ as our Lord, Colossians 2 verse 6, you must continue to follow him. I'm going to read this again. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong or become secure in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with fruitfulness or thankfulness. James 1 verse 2 to 4, you can read it, talks about the opportunity and the joy that literally lives and exists within trials and how it produces uh, 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 an enduring faith within us. We, we need these resistance moments in our life so that our roots can get stronger. I remember I was driving to a, a, a mentoring meeting. I was mentoring about 75, 70 leaders uh, at this m- m- mentoring night we used to have years ago. And then I was driving there and asking God for a word. And God spoke to me and said, Sean, the word of God is not the foundation for the Christian faith. The Bible is not the foundation. Sorry, the Bible is not the foundation of the Christian faith. It is the word of God or the Bible applied, that is. You can know the word back to front. You can study it. You can know well, the Pharisees knew the bulk of it. Um, they didn't have the New Testament the way that we do, but they, they, they knew the bulk of it. They understood it. And yet they were so far away, disconnected from God. It's not about how much you know. It's about how much that you know that you're able to apply and live out. That's what grows your root systems down. So when the hurricane comes, because you know his word, you know his promises are yes and amen. You know that he's got you. You know that you've built your life on him who is stable, who is faithful, who is consistent. When the hurricane comes, you don't crumble because your roots are strong, because you're living out the manifested word. You're actually manifesting the truth of what you say you believe. Faith is only real when you live out everything you say you believe in faith. Faith is not real in here as a principle. Yeah, I believe, I believe. Well, when life hits you and knocks you down, how you respond is the true test of your faith. How you react is the true test of your faith. Your getting up again is the true test of your faith. A righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up. What makes him right, what makes him righteous is that he got up again, okay? An unrighteous man will stay down, but a righteous man, knowing what's right to keep on fighting, to keep standing, gets up again and keeps on going, hits life when life hits him, hits even harder, okay? So this is what I'm talking about today, about faith and about growing your root systems down deep. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says the word of God is living and powerful. It's living. It's life. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. That will, It will divide both soul and spirit. It helps us decipher. It helps us discern as we grow in the word, not only in him who is the word, Jesus, as we grow our, our relationship with him, as we grow in the meditation of his word. You know, my, my kids just recently, uh, I think it was like four days ago, before they went to bed, said, said, Daddy, I feel like, someone, two, two of my four kids said, Daddy, I feel like I'm getting closer to God. I'm like, really? I'm like, why? And he said, because, I think it's because I've been like reading the Bible a lot. And, uh, you know, they've already finished, I think like six books of the Bible. And, and, I, and they, said, they said, I think I'm getting closer. I feel like I'm getting closer to God. Why? Because there's something that happens when you ingest the word and you know Jesus, to know him 
and to know his word. It's like there's this thing that happens. There's this synergy, this merging that happens of transformation. And all of a sudden, you just think, you see, you feel different. So I want to encourage us. If we're going to grow our root systems down in this season, we got to get into the word. Hebrews 4.12. It's living and powerful. It's like a sword. It allows us to cut through life in a powerful, powerful way. And just because you don't see the shoots, or let's call them the fruits, just because you don't see the fruits doesn't mean you need to stop growing your roots. Some people think this, like it's like, I'm not seeing the fruit, so maybe the root system's off. No, you just keep growing your roots. You just keep doing what you know is right. You just keep plugging away. Life in God is not based upon this, I feel one day, I don't feel one day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to process what you feel. Always. David did it. Look at David's Psalms. It's great to process. But faith is not about one day I feel it, one day I don't. Faith is faith whether I feel it or I don't. It's a state of being. It's a state of living. It's not just this momentary thing that I live because I actually feel like doing it. I have the Holy Ghost goosebumps, so therefore I'm going to step out in faith. No, faith is an everyday lifestyle. It's a culture. It's faith culture. That's what God wants for our lives is a faith-centric culture in our lives, overwhelming our lives, overwhelming our lives. So even when we don't feel or see the shoots, the fruits in our life, keep growing your roots. And even this, actually, this is actually um, uh, a part of uh, a growing actual plant roots. There's, there's, uh, there's a pattern and a timing to root growth. And roots continue to grow even when the shoots are not growing in plants. Roots actually continue to grow even when shoots aren't growing. I don't know about you. I've had seasons where I felt like there's no shoots. Where's the fruits? Where's the shoots? Like, it must be something wrong with my root. You know, and of course there's always fruit, but there's, there's, there's areas of fruitfulness that we want to see that we don't see sometimes. And if we focus only on that side of it, we stop growing our root systems. Well, sometimes there's seasons, like winter seasons, there's seasons where it feels like not much fruit or the way that I want to see it, but that's, this is the season where you're growing your roots even stronger so that when the growth season happens, you have the root system to support it. You have the root system to handle it. Let's look at the palm tree for a second. And I think we need to liken ourselves after the palm tree. Now, I'm almost done here, but I want to go through a, a few things with you before we close that we can draw from the palm tree that directly, I believe, uh, affects the way that I think we are to position our lives as believers in Jesus. Look at the palm tree. And I want to liken ourselves after the palm tree because the psalmist in Psalms chapter 92 connects the righteous to that of a palm tree. It says in Psalms chapter 92 verse 12, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. I want to be the flourishing one. I don't know about you. The righteous shall, what does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean to flourish? What I want to flourish like the palm tree. That word flourish means to break forth and bud, to break out, okay, to blossom, to grow in abundance. Palm trees, now the palm branches specifically, actually are a symbol of victory in scripture. You can read it, Revelation 7, 9, are a symbol of victory. And the palms have always been, or palm trees and the, and the branches have always been something that has attracted the eye. They're beautiful. If you've you know, been anywhere where there's palms, the, the date palm specifically, you, it's beautiful, okay? The whole land of Palestine actually was called uh, by the Greeks and Romans the land of palms. And it's pictured in, you know, in Matthew 21 and John 21 
or John 12, sorry, where Jesus is having his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, okay, on a donkey, riding on a donkey. And how is he, this is right before he gives his life, okay? This is not just not too long, not too, you know, much prior to him giving his whole life and being crucified. He's, he's greeted with this grand entrance with the palm branch being laid down at his feet. And he's being, he's like literally being welcomed into Jerusalem, city of peace. Jerusalem means peace. He's, he's literally welcomed into peace with the palm branch before his crucifixion. And they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. You, you know, blessed is the king of Israel that come in the name of the Lord. Palm tree, the palm branch is a symbol of victory, symbol of celebration, okay? A symbol of welcoming. Now, I want to give you seven interesting facts that go a little deeper into the palm tree, which is why I believe the psalmist connects the righteous with that of a palm tree, which I think really, and I believe really applies to our lives in this season to grow our roots. I want to be like a palm tree. I want to be like a palm tree. I want my roots to be like a palm tree so that nothing can uproot me, so that nothing can uproot you. Number one, seven interesting facts about the palm tree. Number one, palm trees are resilient. Palm trees are resilient. They're strong. They're stable. They can handle the resistance. We need resistance to grow. You want to grow your muscle? You want to grow your muscle? You need tension. You need resistance. I don't know why we think it's okay to think that way in in every other career in the world, okay? And life in general and, you know, uh, athletics and and health. We kind of get that. But for some reason, when it comes to our spiritual life, we don't like it. We want to run from it. You know, we don't like it in church community. We don't like it in relationship often. And we definitely don't like it when God's challenging us. And we're being pressed. We don't like it. We want to run. It should be easy. It should be a cakewalk. No, faith is not a walk in the park. It's a walk in the dark. It's dark sometimes. It's hard sometimes. We need that resistance to grow our spiritual you-know-what. We need to grow up and grow down and grow out by growing through the resistance that comes our way. Palm trees are resilient. Number two, palm trees flourish in the desert. They prosper in hard seasons. I, my prayer is like Isaac, God, in a time of famine. You read it in, in Genesis, in a time of famine. It says that Isaac sowed in the land in a time of famine. He listened to God, and because of that, he prospered and kept on prospering. My prayer for you, my prayer for myself, my family, is that I, when we get through this season, we would be able to say, man, it was hard. It was the hardest of seasons. It was challenging, but it was the best of seasons. Because just like Isaac, we're going to sow in the land. We're going to sow in the time of famine. We're going we're gonna to sow during the shakedown, the economic crackdown. And we're going to come out stronger on the other side. That we're going to prosper in the time of famine. Palm trees can flourish in the desert. They flourish in the famine. They flourish when it's dry and it's hard. They still That's the call of God over your life. The righteous, the psalmist says in 92, will flourish like the palm tree in the desert. Number three, third interesting fact, palm trees' roots go deep and tap into water beneath the earth. They go deep. They're not surface level plants. If you want to grow up and grow out and you want strong roots to grow shoots that have great fruits, then listen, you need to go a little bit deeper in this season. 
Maybe you've been swimming in the baby pool for too long of your spiritual faith. You're still sipping on the breast milk because that's what's satisfying to you. It's what's easy for you. God wants you to develop your spiritual eye teeth in this season. Uh, Hebrews 5 verse 14, solid food belongs to those who are of mature age that by reason of use that have their chompers developed. They keep chewing. They learn how to, to position their spiritual eye teeth around what's right and what's wrong. They they can digest the meatiness of the word. It actually, in the Greek, if you break it down, solid food, it actually means strong meat. I want the strong meat. I want the Kobe beef. I want the whatever, what's it called? I see it all over the place all the time. The Japanese beef. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, I'm forgetting now what it's called. Somebody say it in the chat. I don't know what it's called. The the Wagyu, the Japanese Wagyu. I want the Wagyu. I want the, the cow that's been suspended in midair, massaged, never touching the earth. So there's no muscle. I want that strong. I want that intense meat. But that's expensive meat. I want that meat. I want the good meat. I want the strong meat. It belongs to those who are of mature age that can handle it. Number three, number four, sorry, interesting fact. The life of the palm tree is in the heart of the tree. The life of the palm tree is in the heart of the tree. Proverbs 24, guard your heart for out of it will flow all the issues of life. Protect your heart in this season. When things get hard, protect your heart even harder. When things get heavy, protect your heart. When things feel like they're not going to go the way that you want them to go, protect your heart. It's the most important part of your spiritual tree, your spiritual life. Protect your heart. Number five, Number five, interesting fact about the palm tree. A group of palm trees, I love this, in a desert forms an oasis. A group, so not just one, okay? Many. A group of palm trees in a desert, in a wilderness, in a dry place, forms an oasis. Community is everything. If you want oasis, if you want real life and life abundant, okay? It's not just having a revelation of who God is and how amazing he is as the provider as El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. You need community. You need spiritual community. It's everything. It's the oasis. If you want to find oasis, have good spiritual community. Now, let's just stop there for a moment because Hebrews 12 verse 15 says this, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Have community. Look after each other. Look out for each other. So you don't fail to receive the grace of God. Listen to what it says. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness. What root? What root? Bitterness. Bitter root, okay? Bitter roots produce bitter fruit. Watch that no bitterness root or root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. And then as a result of troubling you, it says here, corrupting many. Because what troubles you, what ends up corrupting you will eventually corrupt many. It's just, it's the... It's like when one cell, when one cell in the body mimics an unhealthy cell, it forms a cycle. They join together and then it begins to break down the body. That's what really cancer is. It's the division of cells. They're not functioning the way they're supposed to function. And they begin to mimic each other in rhythm. Okay. And so this is, this is, this is, it connect, I'm connecting this now to the body of Christ at large. When we don't deal with our own bitterness, it eventually corrupts others. And you see this in Paul's letters, you guys. You see it when he's addressing the false teachers. He's addressing it because they have become bitter roots that now are corrupting many with their 
teaching, with their heresy. He tells Timothy, he's like, listen, these guys, like, I've kind of like let them go because, you know, they're really doing damage to the body. Beware of them. <clears throat> they got into all these conversations and arguments over words. I said, I shared this like a few weeks ago. And now they've shipwrecked their faith, guys. They became so bitter that they embittered others by their own bitterness. So community is so important. Watch out for others. Protect them by the grace of God so they don't fall and fail to receive God's grace to overcome the bitterness that eventually will take over. Now, I love this because, by the way, I did a whole message on bitterness, like, I think probably like three, no, not even, I'm so lost. It's been 12 months now. So probably like almost 10 months ago, I think I did a, a message on bitterness. And I, I think the message was called, don't be a bitter sitter. Go back and check it out. It will really encourage you. Um, but on this note about community, now listen, just hang in there. I'm almost done. Let's talk about the California redwood for a second. Those big, massive trees in California. We're talking about trees, talking about roots, okay? California, the California redwood, they are always, okay, if you look at a California redwood, they're always in clusters. And they're in groups called groves, okay? These trees are in groups called groves. Now, the might of the tree is not itself. It's, it's strength, okay? For here, it's, it's, it's actually its strength, okay? For every foot in height that it grows up, the redwood tree sends its roots not just down, but three times the distance out. If the tree is 300 feet tall, its roots go 900 feet out, not down, okay? Intertwining, okay? Intertwining with all the other groping roots from the other redwoods in what's called a grove. By the time a few hundred years go by, these what are called fellowshipping roots are so woven with one another, there is no way a tree could fall down. It's held up by the strength of those that it's connected to in its root systems. In other words, community. The more you invest in community, those you love, whether it's your spiritual community, your work community, your neighborhood community, the more you develop long-lasting, and I would say God-purposed relationships that are taking you higher further, deeper, the more that you do that, listen, eventually you'll come to a place, you'll become so strong, nothing can knock you down. Because if you get knocked down, guess what? The others that are connected into you are going to feel the pressure and hold, they'll hold you up. And this is what I believe the Hebrew writer is, is, is helping or encouraging us to do. Watch that no one misses the grace of God. The grace of God that comes upon community. Watch that nobody misses the grace of God because if they do, that bitter root will take over. And not only will it corrupt them, it will corrupt many. Get connected to community. Number six, a palm tree is an evergreen. In other words, it's always green. It's evergreen. It's always fruit producing. Always fruit producing, write this down, equals always root producing. If you're fruit producing, you're continuing to grow your roots. It's a direct result and overflow of your roots. Be an evergreen. Palm trees are evergreen. Let's prosper and be fruitful in times where it's hard. How do we do that? By continuing to trust in his word. His promises are yes and amen. I'm growing my roots in when it makes no sense. Number seven, the last interesting fact of the palm tree that the Psalms, psalmist in Psalm 92 references or likens us to a palm tree's fruit gets sweeter with the age of the tree. Man, what, a, what an amazing picture. 
sweeter with the age as you mature, as you grow. Maturity and growing up, growing out. It's been my prayer. I, I want to be sweeter with age. I want to look, be, feel, lead, be better with age. Sometimes it's funny because, you know, I look back 13 years ago even. And I look at my health, I look at how I looked like, and I'm like, man, I look so unhealthy. I look so unhealthy. I've shown my kids videos just from 13 years ago, and they actually, their response of the sight of me in this video 13 years ago was like, ooh, that's, that's gross, daddy. I don't like that. I don't like that. I like how you are now. I'm like, thank you, God. I'm like, I am growing. I'm getting better with age. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not going backwards. I'm getting better. That's my prayer. God, I'm that righteous palm. Come on. I want to get better. I want to get sweeter with age. I want to look better. I want to feel better. I want to lead better. I want to be better. That's just kingdom. We're always advancing. We're always growing, guys. I'm like, I'm not becoming that guy that's like, oh yeah, it looks like he's a dad of four kids. No, I want to look better, be better, feel better with age. I want to be like that righteous palm. And I believe so do you. It doesn't matter what age or stage you are, are at, you still have time to be better than you are right now, to be healthier than you are right now. And that is the goal. We want healthy shoots that come from healthy roots, healthy shoots that come from healthy, uh, healthy shoots come from healthy roots. I heard once this once said in a message, what feeds you leads you. What feeds you leads you. Ask yourself this question in this season. What is feeding you the most? Because chances are it's leading you the most. And chances are it's the thing that's being produced in you the most. You know, it's, it's really easy to assess in seasons like this when root systems are going off the rails. When we look at the fruit or the lack of fruit, it's often pretty easy. Now, um, like I said it before in the beginning of my message, just because you feel like you're not producing fruit doesn't mean you stop growing your roots. And when I said that, what I was meaning, and I hope you got this, is that there is fruit that we want to see that we're not seeing. Hopes, dreams, the things that to be fulfilled. Let's call that fruit for a second. Don't stop growing your roots because you don't see that. It doesn't mean those things won't happen. Now, I'm talking about now, when I say fruit, I'm talking about something totally different. I'm talking about the fruit that Galatians speaks of as real fruit because Luke 6 says a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit a tree is identified verse 44 by its fruit Matthew 7 20 yes just as you can identify a tree by its fruit you can identify people by their actions okay so when you're looking at fruit if you want to see how their root is look for Galatians 5 verse 22 this is the Galatians ruler of measurement okay the Holy Spirit Verse 22, chapter 5, Galatians, produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is the kind of fruit that we want in this season. And the only way that we get this kind of fruit is to put our roots down. To put our roots down even more into Jesus, into his word, into what he's promised us. It may sound cliche to you. But it's only manifested and only tested when conflicting or contradictory circumstances come your way. I want to close with one last scripture, Colossians chapter 1. Back to our original um, uh, book that we opened up with. But in chapter 1, Paul writes to the church or writes to the city of Coloss. Chapter 1 verse 22 says this, Yet now Jesus has reconciled you to himself through the death 
of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without single fault. Verse 23, let's hold on this for a second. But you, once again, must continue. There's that word again, continue. Not a one stop, not a one, a one moment thing. You must continue to believe this truth because people had stopped and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away. This is my encouragement to you. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Don't drift away. Listen, the whole message of salvation is assurance. It's not like, oh, I don't actually know anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's going to happen. No, that's not assurance, you guys. That is not assurance. Assurance is to know that you know that you know. And that only comes from the person of Jesus in a revelation that Jesus is who he says he was and says he is, and he did what he said he did. And so I want to encourage us today to stick to stick our roots down into that truth today in a way that we never have before by continuing to believe, by continuing to lean in when it's hard, by continuing to meditate on his word. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you would make us like the date palm, make us like that palm branch, make us like that palm tree that has that those roots that go deep that's that that can prosper in contradictory conflicting environments that can be growing in fruitfulness in wilderness seasons that get better with age get sweeter with age god make us like the palm god righteous like the palm i pray god where we feel like we've been knocked down that we would get back up again in jesus name and fight harder and be stronger. Get into the word. I pray that you would develop our spiritual eye teeth, not to be scared of something bad or, or, or something that maybe not like us or right, but to be confident that we know our God and we know his word and we can discern and we grow through growing in our discernment and we can be confident in God giving us the ability to discern right. I pray that our roots would grow deeper and even grow out in the season as we develop community and connect with others that will help us stand and live and run the race for the long term in Jesus name, that we would be like the California redwood as well. And we don't want to just grow our roots down, but grow them out and connect with people that have our backs that are loyal and are faithful and will lift us higher and bring us to the, the place that we need to go that we can only get to get to and through with community in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for healing, God. I thank you for healing. Heal our root systems. Maybe you're watching right now. You feel a little bit of bitterness rising up. You feel a little bit of um, tension in this season in your faith. That's okay. That's okay. Get into the word a little bit. Get in with some healthy people that have your back, that have your best interest in mind. Watch how God begins to heal you. But I pray right now, especially for you, that God would just touch you where you're at. And just touch you in your grief, touch you in your pain, touch you in your challenges, touch you in your doubts, your unbeliefs, that you would just feel the love of God, the grace of God overwhelm you in a powerful way in this season. Maybe you're watching this and you've never said yes to Jesus before. This is your opportunity just to say yes, to lean in. Maybe you don't know what would happen to you if you were to die today. It's not a decision that changes your life. It's an everyday continuation of going after him, following him. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't stop there. It's an everyday 
everyday walk. It's an everyday journey. It's a long-term race that you're in. I want to encourage you, if you've opened up your heart today and said, yeah, I want to be that guy that lets him in. I want to be that guy that puts Jesus first. I want to be that guy, that woman, that child, that teenager, that uh, elderly person, whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, I want to be that person that says yes, that gets off the, the fence of indecision, not knowing what's up, not knowing what's done, not knowing really what life is all about. I pray that today God would begin to show you himself in the person of Jesus and let you know that he has a plan for your life, that he died on a cross for you to pay the penalty of your sin and then raised from the dead on the third day so you could also be given new life. Not just when you die, but now. Have relationship with Him. It is a relationship. It's a friendship with Him. It's real relationship. He isn't this iconic, faraway God that only comes to you and talks to you when you're at church. No, it's an everyday relationship. And if you, if that's you right now and you say, I, wanna, I want that relationship, just say yes. Just say yes in your heart. I receive your forgiveness, God. I receive what you, you did on the cross for me over 2,000 years ago, and today is a new day for me. I'm walking into a new relationship with you. If you said that for the first time, best decision you'll ever have made in your life. So thank you so much for tuning in. We love all of you, and we will see you next week. Wow, what an incredible message, time of worship. Love hearing if you guys have testimonies, share with us. If you made a decision today, let us know as well. And we want to connect with you. Send yeah. us an email mm -hmm. to prayerkingdomculture.ca. We want to follow up with you. We want to send uh, things your way, assets your way. We want to get you connected to uh, to the house, to one of our connect groups. We really want to get to know you in this yes. season. So, yeah. Absolutely. And so thank you, family. My fam yeah. gem. I love you guys. Our Casey family, near and far. We love you guys. And we just pray God's protection over you yes. as you go. God's provision over you as you go mm -hmm. and that you continue to trust and believe all the promises that he has spoken already over your life. Amen. He's not wow. done with you yet. Yep. Your life is still here. And um, we just declare just such victory over you guys in this season. Yes. Have a powerful week, guys. Yeah, bye. Bye.